0: In Star Trek Next Generation, in the episode The High Ground in 1990, the character Data noted that Ireland was unified in the year 2024, and this episode was censored in Ireland and the UK, and it didn't air in Ireland uh, when RTE, the Irish broadcaster, was showing this show. Welcome to Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast, I'm Owen. (laughs) So today's topic is what would the Irish language mean to a united Ireland? And my first question is why was that Star Trek episode censored or banned or I don't know how you'd like to term it from Ireland at the time? Obviously it was a very touchy subject so enough of a social touchy subject that the national broadcaster did not want to show a Star Trek episode that had this topic in it, it's touchy the Irish Civil War from the nineteen in the nineteen twenties was centred around this question of Irish unity. Do you accept a divided Ireland and um, that's split up between th- uh, two nationalities, two countries, or do you fight for a complete say ownership of the Ireland of the island of Ireland? in one country now i'm no historian i find it interesting but it's history is not something i've studied so sorry if i'm jumping around the facts and not going too deeply another thing about this being a touchy subject like people have been killed about this topic so i can't make a lightness of this topic you can't discuss The topic of Irish unity without talking about what has come in history before us people have been killed people have been tortured Uh, families have been divided communities have been divided and now as I speak in 2018 it can feel like things are nice and stable but there's been so many horrific acts along the way that all are at least related to this topic, so let me start by saying that I don't, I don't want to misjudge how heavy this topic is. (music) So you can hear that I'm finding it hard to put proper words around this to describe it, and yeah, it's true, like... uh, I'm a bit nervous about recording this episode. I was going to uh, record it and call it What Will the Irish Language Mean in the United Ireland? And that's not a vote one way or the other for what I want to to happen. It's more like in 2018, uh, I find it intriguing. It's really interesting. When I was growing up, so I'm in my 30s, mid-30s, well, going on late 30s. <laughs> when I was growing up. The topic of United Ireland. It was all rhetoric. It was idealistic. People accused of digging up the past. People of, uh, accu- accused of being political. And then. What was it in 2017? Was it the Brexit vote? I have to say probably shocked Europe. Um, I think so. And. An interesting thing came from these Brexit discussions in that suddenly uh, there were newspaper articles, there were discussions about what did this mean to the island of Ireland. So why is this a discussion at all? Northern Ireland is part of the UK. The name of the UK, the full name is the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. So Northern Ireland is part of that united kingdom and suddenly if you start taking the uk if the uk leave the european union and ireland remain in the european union then the question arises well how do you deal with free travel first of all between different parts of the island of ireland do you suddenly put up uh, a border uh, between communities where this border has been over the past couple of decades uh, uh losing its its physical importance, like I remember when I was a kid we'd go up to Northern Ireland at Easter time, and I do remember it it is many years ago, but I do remember going in the car through the British Army bases that were at the border, and it was definitely a tense time in the car. We were told not to speak Irish in the car because that was just another provocation. <laughs> something uh, not to do so I do remember this it's it's in my memory all right so one point I'd make is that country borders uh, don't define the Irish language so the Irish language came to Ireland let's just tr- say 2000 years ago the Irish language killed off other languages that were in Ireland at the time because as far as I know we don't know what languages were in Ireland before the Irish language. But there definitely were other languages in Ireland before the Irish language. The Celt- This Celtic language arrived from Europe and killed off whatever it was in Ireland before then. But anyway, for like two millennia, the Irish language was, you would say, the majority language in the island. Although it's fair to say that over the centuries in the urban areas... I I think it's I think it's fair to say that the English language was well established for quite a few centuries I would guess in urban areas. So in Ireland as an island the language of Irish was widespread for sure. And then over time it spread through the centuries over to Scotland as well, so we have Scottish Gaelic which comes from Irish language speakers who traveled over from Ireland. And there's a whole history there as well. So from my brief reading, uh, the earliest kind of written form of the Irish language is om writing from the 4th century. So this is where they have strikes and scores on rocks. I think basically to denote people's names, maybe they were tombs. Other people know more about this than me. But when you put that in perspective the republic of ireland that we have now only started forming in the 1920s in the last 100 years so the irish language is so much older than the current political situation so i just wanted to make that point that the language itself doesn't have to be defined by country borders in the first place So where does the Irish language stand today? So, okay, in the Republic of Ireland, which is, let's say, the south side of Ireland, what you would call it, how will I call this? It's the main country of Ireland. It is the country Ireland. <laughs> this is very hard to, to put words around this. It is a touchy subject. So the Irish language has constitutional status or role in in Ireland Alongside English, so that's first of all um, There's practical things like we've got Gaeilteacht regions We've got Gueltacht authorities We've got Irish language stations run by the state um, But you could say the same in Northern Ireland Like, As far as I can tell I'm an outsider looking in there But there are more services being established So the BBC, as far as I know, do run Irish language programming In Northern Ireland. Which is absolutely fantastic. There's other kind of state supports in Ireland. Like a language commissioner. And as far as I can tell. The the topic of like say language rights. (laughs) Is a newer topic. Or is let's say more in its infancy. In Northern Ireland. So the Irish language does have different statuses. When you compare the Republic of Ireland. And Northern Ireland right now. And then there's the whole thing about identity and I'm a proponent of trying to say that okay you can claim your own identity and you're born into a certain identity I think that's fair to say as well but identity is not black and white it has it's it's really important uh to emphasize that point identity is more of a personal thing of how you identify with a group of people it's not a way in my opinion it's not a way to divide a community down the center and say you're a certain type of person you're a certain another type of person so what would irish unity what would a united ireland mean when we talk about identity it's a tough one like in the perspective of northern ireland there's a group of people who are termed nationalists and that self-identified group of people would I think call themselves Irish they would call themselves Irish and they would say yeah we happen to be in the United Kingdom but we are Irish people then there's the group of people who identify themselves as unionists they would call I think generally it's fair to say they would call themselves British and they're certainly supporters of remaining in the united kingdom and they feel like they're part of that union they're not part they don't feel naturally part of ireland as a as a country as it were so what would it mean for those two different groups of people first of all it would obviously mean very very different things so for the nationalist side if they were part of a united ireland then they would suddenly called the Irish people with n- nothing <laughs> about nationalism, because they would be in the nation that they're talking about. <laughs> then there's the unionist side. And it's interesting, like, let's say in an Irish United Ireland, for the Irish language, what would this mean? Well, for me, like, unionists would have a valid point at that time that they would definitely have a say, obviously, in... How much money is being spent towards the Irish language? Because let's say Ireland did unite. Ireland as a country would have a budget. Now I don't know how this would work out. Would Northern Ireland have some kind of sub-status as like a state within Ireland? That's a bit different to the current setup. I don't know. I wonder. But unionists or... So that's a dangerous label for me to use, maybe. Maybe it's not a fair label for me to use, but let's say unionists. They would definitely have a say in the spending and the Irish language. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It would be just a change in dynamics. And that's interesting. And when we're talking about Northern Ireland, I think we have to say that there is and uh, when you say nationalist and unionist you can't just split it down the middle there's an other there are other types of people who live in northern ireland there's uh, people who neither identify themselves as nationalist nor as unionist maybe they call themselves northern irish or how do they express who they are externally i don't know is there a a majority way that you could describe this group of people, if you can describe them as one group of people, and obviously there's a lot of people who have moved to Ireland Northern Ireland from other countries so do they call themselves Northern Irish or Irish or British, it's all this, it's an interesting question of identity and I think it's fair to say in in a United Ireland that the Irish language at least would have, it would be part of the tapestry, isn't that fair to say, that the the Irish language would still be relevant in the identity of what it means to be the country of Ireland even if the mix of people within Ireland changes compared to how the Republic is comprised of now there would be there would be a change in the balance of uh, the different people who identify themselves as different as different groups and so there's many other languages being spoken in Ireland these days, like through the Celtic Tiger in the 2000s, before the, what we call it, the Great Recession. I remember being in a bus in Limerick and just listening, and I noticed that I couldn't hear a single person speaking English, which was very interesting. It was all, you know, Polish, Lithuanian, Latvian. And you don't hear that so much now, but there's definitely Polish being spoken on the streets and easily heard It's much easier to hear Polish on the streets than the Irish language, which brings me to another topic of where would the Irish language sit in status in a united Ireland? This is it's an open question. I I don't know. Like when you take a look at modern Ireland, we're such a broader mix of people than compared to even only 30, 20, 30 years ago. Society has changed so much. That we just we're used to having a mix of nationalities, mix of people living in Ireland, and it's it's interesting to think right now how the Irish language sits in its status in the in the Republic of Ireland, and then you have to think well how would the Irish language sit in a United Ireland? the 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 mix would change again, but. Surely the Irish language would still be part of this whole picture. And then just kind of another thought experiment, like what would it mean in practical terms? I guess it's easy to say that I'm, I'm biased from the Republic of Ireland side of things because when I wrote down this idea, it was, well... Would the road signs in Northern Ireland have to change? <laughs> but maybe it's more fair to say, would the road signs across the the island of Ireland have to change? <laughs> so we've got different formatting of road signs between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. In the Republic of Ireland, we've got as standard the Irish language text is in italics and in small writing, whereas the English language text is in upper right uppercase writing and in larger text I actually don't agree with that I think you're subliminally uh, indicating to people that the Irish language is not so important and you're not going to confuse people by having a standard format where the both languages have the same status on the sign I, I, I can't accept that people would be confused if you didn't use italics on the Irish language. Maybe you could have different colours for the two different languages. Okay, so a practical point, like, would would you add dirra, um to the name of Derry or Londonderry to road signs in Northern Ireland, in the United Ireland? What about Belfairiste Beilf, uh, for Belfast? Would you add it to, like, falte go Belfairiste, welcome to Belfast? Or is that a step too far? I don't know, that was just an interesting thought practice I had. So those are my thoughts about this. Um, sorry about it being kind of a, a jittery recording. But I don't want to offend people. I don't want to bias people. Yeah, I don't want to hurt people. And I still want to discuss this topic. where I find it deeply interesting as a topic. And something that the Irish society needs to deal with in a more more openly there's definitely some kind of taboo around this still and you'll never take away emotions because there's such a history to this that it's such an emotional topic it, it's only rightly an emotional topic so thanks for listening I look forward to hearing your feedback either as recordings you can record your questions about this if you go to www.com bitesize.irish slash podcast and that's the podcast main site for Bitesize Irish Gaelic podcast and you click the appropriate button up on top of the page to record your question. You can record your question on your phone or your laptop if it has a microphone. You don't need to install anything, you just click the button in your browser and you record your question. So I look forward to hearing from you there and you can leave Comments on the podcast page as well. Um, So thanks for listening. And I look forward to hearing your opinions about this. Okay. So now to our second half of the podcast. Where I get to hear uh, listener questions. That um, are sent in. And... I like to answer where possible. So this week, I'm going to uh, feature a recording by a friend of Bite Size. I think it's fair to say that. Michael McFadden. Uh, away you go, Michael. Oh, and a Not mentioned in your podcast. What was the role GAA plays to keep the language relevant? I assume it does. By the way, I listened last Saturday to the hurling match. You know, manyacht. limni. Secondly, I'd like to mention that when your kids are older, they're gonna learn about things like the tally sticks, Angortomor, Cromwell and the penal laws. So I'm curious to learn how your son will feel about his language in that context, or the or the boy who asked you to what when he asked you to speak in English. Lastly, his even lumps of mindsights, go to Mila Mayagutsa, Nichir Ganchanga, Slanonagus Banakto, and Michael. Well, good of me, Lamaha Michael. The first thing I have to say is, regardless of the questions, like fair play to you for putting yourself out there, for trying your uh, bit of the Irish language, for sharing your love for the Irish language. That your love for it is obvious, and it's just lovely to hear you express yourself through the Irish language. So like you said you you quoted the the phrase gan tirgananam and it's a phrase i don't know was this coined or when did did it come about but it it means that a country without a, a language is a country without a soul and i think i i wouldn't want to i over idealize it but I think it's a good point in the context of Ireland and Irish language. Ireland, like I was talking about in the first half of this podcast, the language makes up, you know, a, a core part of our history, of our peoples. It's part of what makes Ireland Ireland compared to any other country. And for me, that's still not a good enough reason to force it on anyone. As I often say on the podcast... I don't want to force the Irish language on anybody um it's a personal thing, and for for me, it's a personal thing. I want to help others learn to speak the Irish language and use it every day. I think it it just comes down to that, so Michael, to address your questions, your first question was about the g a which is interesting historically, as I said again, I'm no historian. So the GA, the Gaelic Athletic Association, is an, a very active grassroots sporting organization that's headquartered in Dublin, and their main sports are hurling and football. Um, hurling, for whatever reason, is called camogie when women play it, but let's call it the same game. So hurling is not when you are throwing up. Hurling is a fantastically quick game played with sticks of ash tree and you're hitting a leather ball from one end to the, of the pitch to another and when you see the skill of these amateur players there's no p- professional players in Ireland for these sports it's just fantastic to watch and Gaelic football I personally don't get the same excitement from Gaelic football but it's certainly a great game too uh, very hands on so what role does the G? play let's say in today's ireland with regarding the irish language i was down in our local ga club only last weekend in the city of limnach limerick because our son liam uh, he's just about six now uh, he will be soon and he was joining up for some hurling uh, training that's on every weekend so we were walking through the clubhouse and they had uh, signs up on the doors, like it said um, something like "To find the Riven so Irish, the Irish language is welcome. And then they had like multilingual, uh, bilingual signs for, or even monolingual signs in the Irish language. The Ga kind of tends to do that. So they, I know they had one sign that said shoppa which means shop. So there was no English written down. So you can see that the Irish language has a, a certain place in the GAA. In practical terms, I I do have to wonder how how much of an effect the Irish language has in the GAA, like if you're in the local club in Limerick city, everybody's speaking English, that's how the community, that's the language of the community and yeah so i don't want to overemphasize the role of the irish language in the ga or the ga's role in irish but there's definitely a relationship there between the two in modern ireland now when the ga was established a good 100 years ago um probably 120 years ago it was uh, from what I understand like a nationalistic organization the Irish language was definitely part of this idea and that continues to today so the GAA yeah it's got a positive impact on on the Irish language it's like one of those official parts of Ireland where the Irish language does play a role although how big of a role yeah, you could kind of argue maybe not a huge not a huge role but that's yeah it's not that's not a negative thing i'm just saying that it's not like the irish language is used throughout the ga it's not on a day-to-day basis and uh, michael for your second question about you're you're posing the 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 question of what would my son think of the Irish language or his friends think of the Irish language when they realize the the gravity of the, the history around the language. It's a good question and it's a good open question, Michael. I don't want to answer that for anybody. What I can answer, I guess, is how I as a parent want to teach the, the Irish language and it's not to have... Negative connotations, it's to have positive connotations. And what are positive connotations? It's being able to connect with others. It's being able to express yourself. It's having something uh, within you that's special that you can hold on to, and something you can even be proud of. And I would hope that my two sons can take that, although I don't want to overforce it because you know kids they reject what their parents think, <laughs> so you know, you, you can't overplay these things, you can, you can, you have to be kind of quite subtle about it, I guess, so let's see how they treat it, um, interestingly, like, my sons, I speak Irish to my sons, my two sons, they didn't have a name for the, for the languages, on for a, a good couple of years, so they didn't know that this is Guelga, that's Berla, that's English, that this is Slovene, Slovenstina, their mother's tongue. So it was much more contextual, which is interesting. So it was like this is the how they say it at play school, at kindergarten. This is how our specific friends call, uh, say this thing. Like how do they call a ball or lehroids? So that's the ball in Irish. So it was much more of a contextual thing: who says, who says what, which way. And then I started introducing the names of the languages slowly, and then my th- my just about three-year-old don't think he's got real labels for the languages. I, he's probably learning that now. So he's doing okay. So in the next year, I'm sure he'll have those labels kind of formalised in his head <laughs> so that's just interesting so Michael thanks so much thanks for being such a friend of Bite Size Irish Gaelic I don't know for how long I would say years I'm I'm guessing Michael so thank you and to our other listeners I'll leave you with this invitation that if you've got questions around the Irish language be they practical questions about learning Or probably I think what people are most interested in, if I can only guess, is questions on the cultural side and maybe not so practical, but maybe slightly more philosophical side of questions of the Irish language and its role in Ireland. It's all very interesting to me. That's why I record this podcast. There's no other reason. It's what motivates me to record this in my spare time. (laughs) Like I've done a day's work today. An extra couple hours in the morning. So I've been busy today. Took people to kindergarten. Um, had dinner. Played with the kids after work. And then I was like okay. I'm going to have. I'm going to record the size Irish Gaelic podcast. So you have to have some kind of inner fire. Inner energy. To motivate you to do that. So that's what gets me. Just going to record the next episode every time. So. To record your question for the Bitesize Irish Get podcast, you go to wwwbytesizeirish slash podcast and you click the button to record your audio question and hopefully we can feature it in the podcast. Okay, that's it. Um, come to www.bitesize.irish where we've got a full course for learning the Irish language. It's not just a course. You get support from our Irish language assistants. And you get monthly calls, monthly conversation, live calls over video in groups. Be part of it. Uh, do you want to be a bite sizer? Come on over to Bite Size and be part of it. Sign up to be a member. You can try a free trial. So, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Toga Bugge, take it easy. I've been owned from Bite Size Irish Gaelic. <laughs>